The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, August 1st, 2018, season 14, episode number 18. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from Oxnard, California. We're moving along here in training camp into week two, um, and the Cowboys are practicing. Uh, They're practicing this afternoon. It'll be a 345 Pacific time start to that practice. Uh, And just so you guys remember, um, if you're in the area or planning to come to the area, make sure you get a chance to come out and watch practice uh, it happens at 3.45, like I said, this afternoon and on most afternoons. Uh, there will also be a blue and white scrimmage this Sunday, August 5th. Uh, so make sure you get a chance to check that out. We've got all kinds of stuff happening out there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, youth stuff. Uh, Rowdy's out here for the kids. Uh, there's a combine offering skills and drills, coaching from former NFL players. So, so much fun. A lot of things to do. Weather's great. Uh, so if you get a chance to get out this way, make sure you get a chance to or make sure you make plans to come on out and, as Nick said, get yourself a turkey leg. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> awesome. Was Great. Awesome. Let's Yay. talk some Cowboys football. Um, as we do every day, um, let's start with some observances, Dave. Uh, some things mm-hmm. that you might have noticed yesterday uh, during training camp practice that are worth uh, letting our fans know about. Let's start with Amber. Good. Oh, yeah. That way, Dave doesn't Can't copy take yours? me yeah, yeah. <laughs> copy you <laughs> no okay. it usually goes the other way around because Derek always throws it at you first True. so <laughs> anyways Cheeto Cheeto Awuzie how could you not notice him yesterday I mean he was on fire just dominating every single play he uh, one of the things he said the other day he was doing this little unfiltered video that you guys have started out on the website. Pretty cool little series there to get to know the players better. Anyways, he has taken his social media down. It's still active, but he's not using it. And he's very focused on the game. Just locked in. Locked in. Absolutely locked in. Just doesn't want to listen to any outside noise. And that showed yesterday when he was just all over the field and taking care of what he needs to take care of. Awesome. Dave. Yeah, I, I could pick a number of players, most of them defensive, but I'm not going to do that because Chris Richard just stole my heart. Uh, <laughs> on this very show yesterday, I sort of rolled my eyes at Nick because he intimated that Chris Richard might be the Cowboys' next head coach. And Did that change your mind? I'm here to after apologize. After watching him yesterday? <laughs> I'm here, here to apologize. apologize. Wow. I'm That's like, a big turn in 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm having fun to a degree, but I I mean, you know, he's had a reputation for being a player's coach for a long time, and he's shown it. I mean, he showed it at OTAs, but yesterday was a crash course in what he's all about, and it was awesome. I mean, he was – he was getting his DBs fired up. He was taunting offensive players. He was getting involved in drills. He was mobbing defenders after they made big plays like he's one of the guys. Uh, he's a fiery, intense, passionate dude, and he brought it. I mean, you know, we talked about who's going to bring the passion, who's going to bring the – well, it turns out it's a coach. Like, forget <laughs> Des Bryant. I, right. Like, he was 
I mean, he was yelling at, at Lance Lenore like he was a DB, you know. Um, it was it was awesome. It was definitely the highlight of the practice. There's 91 people that wear cleats out here. Yeah, exactly. And 90 players and, and Chris, Chris Richard. Richard. One of them. <laughs> he gets in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the there's a lot of defensive players that were mentioned yesterday, mainly be, uh, for, uh, for being standouts and mainly because the offense was really bad. I mean, I thought – the quarterbacks looked um, pretty atrocious yesterday. I, I they nobody's throwing the ball well, deep ball, short, and then a lot of it is checkdowns too. But even the, the the passes down the field didn't look good. And not only were they not there, just the whole offense at, at time looked in sync. I mean, not in sync. I mean, they, they were just they were just not on the same page. And so you know, one practice, and it's going to let the defense you know look a lot better, but. I, I thought some of these pass breakups were because the ball wasn't where it needs to be. It just looked very sophomoric out there at times. Let me ask you this question because I, I started I, – I agreed with you. We, you and I actually yeah. talked about that on the field yesterday. But I, I started thinking about this last night. Is this one of those situations where the, the offense didn't look good or part of the reason the offense didn't look good is because the defense is looking really good? That's what which way Which way kind of do you fall on that? You know, and that's what practice is always about in, in any sport. I mean, you're always – that's why, you know, coaches probably have – gray hair because on one day it looks good and bad all at the same time um i i, I don't it's know kind of what we said about how balanced it's been so far because yesterday you were talking about Dak prescott how good he he was he throwing passes and then today yeah. was absolutely i mean yeah uh, yes you know the yesterday. day before yes. you know yeah. what i mean right. yesterday's practice it was absolutely different so the on sunday Sunday's practice, Cheeto did not look good. Like, the defense wasn't looking good. And then yesterday, they were looking good. So, it's been pretty balanced. Yeah. There, there, there was just a few throws that I saw, mainly from Dak, that it was just like, that ball's got to be – I mean, they, you know, there was a – I think it was um, uh, Blake Jarwin, just like on a deep post, I guess you would say. And, and he – I mean, he's got nothing but room to, to like, lead him. And the ball wasn't where it needed to be. It was bad throws behind him. Jarwin decided not to stop. He just was like, you know, if I can't make this one-handed catch, then I'm not going to make it. You know, and it was just like the whole thing just looked bad. And there was a lot of plays like that. Again, one practice, you know, it's not it's not like, you know, send people home or anything like that. But it was just it, yesterday it wasn't a good day for the offense, especially the quarterback. I would love to hear your you guys' opinions on this, though. It seems like, at least from my perspective, that when it comes to throwing the ball down the field, that's been an area that throughout camp hasn't looked great to me. Um, and yeah. there have been there have been more and more situations where we've seen that. Now, underneath, I think they're throwing the ball really well, and I think that's a function of And we're going to actually spend most of the show talking about the <laughs> wide receiver core. I think that's really a function of the fact that you got receivers who are running probably more precise routes. Maybe they're quicker getting in and out of their breaks, so it creates these opportunities underneath. But down the field, it hasn't looked that's, great. That's like saying, you know, Hey guys, I mean the layups look great today. I mean the layups <laughs> are looking good, but these three point shots the lay- are, layups not are okay. going in. They're not going <laughs> to okay, not going to win those. Are good. <laughs> yeah, the short passes are connecting. They're good. Right. Yeah. No. I mean yeah, everything. No. <laughs> yeah. No. That's how you usually that. No, start. Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You're right. It gives you every answer <laughs> at the beginning, and no, then he I mean, explains. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah, you're right. No, the deep passing game doesn't look good. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Good point. Good there point. There we go. Uh, it doesn't. Um, and, and I think we talked about that yesterday. It's like, what do you classify a deep ball? Everything from 
everything from behind the line of scrimmage up to like 15 yards looks pretty good. But those deep shots don't. And that's not just Dak. Like Cooper Rush hasn't really been connecting. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't see as much of Mike White as the other two. But, it, you know, you haven't seen anything that jumps out at you. And, you know, I take videos of everything. You see a few, particularly in the one-on-ones and the two-on-twos, you see some some of that stuff. But on the rare occasion they do it in a full-team setting, it hasn't looked great. Yeah, and even on passes like deep crosses where you expect that's a little bit of an easier throw for the quarterback. I know there have been a couple times out here when I've seen Alan Hearns going on a deep cross, and he's got two or three steps on the guy, and for whatever reason the ball's thrown behind him or it's delayed to the mm-hmm. point where the defender has an opportunity to catch up. That goes back to um, – and, you know, we don't get to just cat- – you know, you can't categorize these in a line like you could with a with game tape, so you can go back and look at them. Yeah. But, I, you know, out here, I think on Sunday, Dak dropped a dime to Hearns on a crossing route, was maybe his best throw at camp. But, again, th- that's probably like a 17-yard throw. You know, you're not talking about big, big chunk yardage. Um, so Although I will say that there was a time – what was that? I, I want to say it was maybe 2000 2000- – 15, 16, somewhere in there. It, there. There was a time when I think that this offense with Tony Romo when he was a quarterback was really predicated around those kind of sure. plays. I, it was I mean, those deep crossing routes that they were making their living off of. And so I think you can get chunk plays out of that, even sometimes as opposed to trying to go with that, you know, the fly route. But I just, it didn't seem to me like that's been, been a consistent hit out here. I hate to break it to I mean, you anybody listening to this knows that, but that's that's not this offense's game. It's not Dak's game. It looked bad last year. He had his moments in 2016, but that's that's I mean, that's Joe Flacco ball, you know? That's Rex Grossman ball. That's not and you know, I mean, Dak's got a good arm, but he doesn't have an like an elite crazy arm like yeah. a Matthew Stafford, and his downfield accuracy is not great. And so, you know, it would be nice if he was hitting those longer throws, but if the stuff under 20 yards looks good, I mean, that's how this offense is going to move the ball. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to say it's not concerning, but, it, you know, there's other stuff worth worrying about, But I guess. then, again, if the defenses take that away from Dak this year, once again, those short throws, yeah. then no, you gotta we face be able, the same kind of pro- you, problem again. You've got to be able to stretch a defense. I sound like Nick, but you do. So that's something to watch. Yep, and I think it's going to be even more telling. I, like Because they can run the ball so well, if they get into one of those games where it's a really good offensive team and they can't stop that offense, uh, then they're going to get into games where they're going to have to be able to throw the ball and get some, some chunk plays and some quick scores, and that's where it becomes, I think, relevant and very important for this team. Um, let's go ahead and move into our topic for the day. We want to talk about the wide receiver, receiver position. Uh, it's a good uh, balance with us talking about the defensive backs yesterday and kind of diving into that position. Uh, so we had an opportunity to, to really go out and focus in on the wide receivers. I want to start first with a little newsy item. Cedric Wilson uh, placed on IR. Cowboys sign a new wide receiver. Tell me about kind of what's happening with Cedric Wilson from the standpoint of his injury and why the decision to place him on IR at this point. Well, I'm not going to say I knew he was headed for IR, but I said this yesterday. When Jason Garrett gives you a real timeline on an injury, it's probably not good. You know, he said it would be at least a couple days, which – for day-by-day day Jason Garrett, that's big news, you know. Um, so, obviously, it, it sounds like the injury requires surgery. I don't know if he separated his shoulder or what exactly happened, but he's got to go into surgery. Uh, so, they put him on IR. His season's done really before it has a chance to start, which uh, for Cedric B, for Cedric Wilson as a person, that really sucks. I feel bad for him. Uh, but if you're thinking about it, 
in you know cal- crunching numbers, it's it's not the worst thing in the world for the Cowboys. I feel bad saying that about it. You know, I'm sure he's devastated, but uh, it's one more guy that you don't have to worry about in the roster crunch, and you don't have to worry about losing him to waivers or anything like that. I mean, obviously they felt good enough about him to draft him, so. Yeah. Uh, he he's gonna have to start over next year, but at least you don't worry about losing losing him to another team. All right, so Nick, if yeah. you take this entire wide receiver group, um, isolate it down to one shrink. What is the strength you think of this unit coming into 2018? There's seven guys that all are all about the same. I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness. Um, I, I I there's a lot of guys that that they can kind of count on. But I don't know who the number one guy is going to be. And because of that, I said this to you yesterday, I don't think a guy makes more than 40 catches on the team. I don't think a wide receiver has more than 40 catches this year. And I think the leading receiver on the team will probably be Zeke. And then after that, I think you're going to have just a bunch of guys in the 30s and high 20s. And, you know, maybe somebody will, will emerge. But I don't really see that. I think there's just a bunch of guys – Maybe somebody will will kind of come to the forefront there, but um, that's kind of a problem because there really isn't one guy or two guys that are going to just come in out and just just stand out. I don't know how defenses pre- prepare for it, but when you have a bunch of guys like that and there's a great corner on the other side, you're not worried about help. There's nobody in the receiving game that you're like, I'm going to follow him. I just who's over there? All right, I got Beasley today. Cool. I got Gallup. Oh, okay, cool. Terrence. I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody's really going to scare anybody, and that's. I think that's problematic, unless you got five or six of them that are all just going to, you know, maybe kind of hurt you. But, and I think that's what the Cowboys are counting on. They're hoping for that. We will see if that works. But the idea is good. There's nobody that that's good enough for double coverage. So single cover everybody. One of the four or five of them will exploit his matchup. I mean, that's the hope. That's mm-hmm. and literally, like they'll they'll tell you that Gary Brown. I I love that you know that line of logic. You talk about Zeke. He's like, we know he's going to be facing eight and nine man boxes for the first little while of the season. The the hope and the goal is that these receivers exploit that fact and teach the defenses that they're worth being afraid of too. And Again, that's the hope. We don't know if it's going to work. And the offensive line will block long enough to, right. you know, these guys. I mean, everybody can get open at some point, you know. So that's I think that that's the plan. But there's not a, a going into it. There's not a Julio Jones, of course. And we knew this, that, that there was like, okay, i got to focus on him and maybe somebody else. That that Julio Jones is in the backfield. That's, that's what they are going to count on here. I am a little bit more of a believer in Alan Hearns than that. And I'm not saying he's Julio Jones by any stretch, but uh, he's a veteran. He's he's put together a 1,000-yard season. If he can stay healthy, he's never going to come off the field because he can play everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be right up there with Zeke in terms of snaps played, I would guess. Um, and, and he's pretty good. So, I you know, I think he can – you see him over I'm, the 40 I'm, catches? I'm thinking he's over 60. 60? 60 to 70, something like that. I think that is doable. That's the good. best season he's had is uh, 2015 when he had 64 catches yeah. and 1,031 yards with 10 touchdowns. If he can get back to that point. And that was in, in a season where – The problem is that he had Allen Robinson helping right, him out. But right. And But that's also help in taking – you know opportunities from him as well, yeah, right? So sure. you can look at that both ways. I think there's, there's a lot of things he did not. Who's did running not the, have the who's running, running the ball? Say he did, uh, probably Denard, Denard Robinson. 
Fred, Fred Jackson. Fred Taylor? No, Fred, Fred Taylor. Taylor. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor retired a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Probably Denard Robinson, if I had to guess, which tells and, you. And and Toby Gerhardt, maybe. I don't know. Not not. Good. It wasn't a Zeke Not Elliott. good running yeah. backs. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the weaknesses of this unit. Amber will tell us what her weaknesses are for this unit. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the Oxnard, from Oxnard, California. Cowboys training camp happening out here. Make sure you check it out this afternoon. 345 is the time of start, though, the start of practice. Uh, we're talking about the wide receiver group, and uh, we're now going to move on to talk a little bit about some of the weaknesses. Amber, what do you think is the most glaring weakness of this wide receiver unit? Well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, we've been talking about it over and over, how you don't have a main guy and someone that is flashy and that would scare defense. Now, Dak said a while back before we got here how they don't really need a number one receiver. But, I mean, just to say that is absolutely absurd because you do need that. You can't put all uh, all the pressure on Seek. You know, you have to be able to have different options. And this is his third year and they got rid of Des Bryant, not making catches and all that, a guy that did have a big name. Now you get to this group that is fairly new, and we we still need time to find out how it's going to play out. But as of right now, it doesn't scare anybody. You know? Yeah, but I disagree a little bit when you say you ha- it's absurd to think you can't be successful without 
having a number one wide, a true number one wide receiver because we've seen teams do it. I think the difference is when we've seen teams do it, they have some other ingredients that maybe the Cowboys haven't proven they have yet, like a great defense, right? That can pair with a good running or game, or a great quarterback, or a great quarterback, yeah. either one. Like you've seen something, you've great. seen yeah, you've seen those other, you've seen other teams do it when they've had those other components, and it still remains to be seen whether Cowboys defense can be great, whether. Cowboys quarterback can be great. We don't know that. We haven't seen that yet. Um, but I don't know that it's I don't know that it's I'm fair at this point just to say it's absolutely absurd that they can't have a good offense without a number one wide receiver. I number I, I I disagree. I mean it, it could happen, but at the same time you need a receiver that could be consistent and that you can be able to trust and that is gonna catch the ball. Now you have two components here where you don't have a proven receiver, necessarily proven versus at the same time a, a quarterback that is also not fully proven that he can make those throws. Right. So when you have that combination, I mean, you need one of the two. And if it's not the receiver, then it has to be Dak to be able to put the ball where it needs to be and make it easier for that receiver. Right. Now, we haven't seen that. That's why I'm like, okay, you do need that kind of receiver that can catch that ball. Okay. I'm not ready to blindly believe in this receiving core yet, but just to play devil's advocate, here we go. <laughs> the Cowboys are going to do something great this year. They're going to run what? the ball great. Okay, got it, yeah. They're oh, going to yeah. run the ball like gangbusters. Uh, I mean, like, even, like we've talked so much about how, you know, mediocre and not up to standard the offensive line was last year, and they were still pretty damn good. Uh, and the year before that, they were obviously second in the league, only behind a team that had a running quarterback. Uh, I just – I think they're going to be really damn good at it, and I think – What makes you say that, though, based off of history? Because they've done it before? Based off of what they look like here, the talent of the guy carrying the ball and what he looks like out here, and the early returns and the expectations on Connor Williams. Have we ever – I mean, I, I'm just going to Continue back playing to devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because I, – and, and I hear what you're saying, but we've never seen this offensive line without a number one receiver. Because Des Bryant has been the guy. I don't think we've ever gone into a training camp and said Des Bryant wasn't the number one receiver. So I'm just saying, yes, we've seen them run the ball and we run them successfully. But but wouldn't we also say, again, like we view Des Bryant as a number one receiver. The, the reason we're in this situation in the first place is that he didn't scare anybody last year. He didn't scare anybody last year. I, I think that last year was really the the kind of the drop off, though. I think I think the year the previous years he kind of was. Yeah, no, for sure. So. I I hear what you're saying, and, and I think they're going to run the ball as well. I'm just saying we, we haven't seen. Let's put it I'm not ready to blindly believe in the uh, in the wide receivers, and I guess you could call this blind belief, but I've seen enough from the guys on, on the line and the guy carrying the ball. I just think there's probably only like four teams on the schedule that are equipped to do something about this running game, for real. You know what I mean? Like Who are they? Philly comes to mind. Uh, Philly's going to be really good up front. You put me on the spot. Um, I know Sorry. Ca well, Carolina and Jacksonville yeah. and Houston have got some bosses in their front seven. I'm so I mean there are, there are definitely teams that'll be able to do it, but and that's where the receivers come in. But I think you're going to be hard pressed to hold this team below you know 120, 130 team rushing yards. The flip side to that is what about those teams that have a good enough offense to where they put added pressure mm. on this offense without they put added pressure on the running game well, those because will be, those that's will the be, that's the other two or three teams you gotta consider, right? Those will be very fun games. Right. I don't I mean I don't know. I don't know what to tell you.
Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be, at the end of the day, I think the running game will be really good. I think there will be times in games when they can't rely on the running game, and then what? That'll be the question. Can the receive it, Can receivers and the quarterback be good enough in those situations to, to win those games where they can't necessarily rely on the running game the same way I, they would? I think that the, you know. Speak of the, the devil, Connor Williams, first guy out for team walkthrough. Yeah, I think the X factor um, is really is going to be a guy like Deontay Thompson, actually, because, you know, a lot of times last year, not a lot of times, but there was times where Dak would, you know, the play would break down and he'd be rolling to his right, and then there'd be Bryce Butler down there. And that who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be the, the, the guy that stretches the field that way? And that's where I think Thompson – could could really play a factor into this uh, into this offense because he does have that kind of speed. Of course, I do remember a play yesterday where he was just running right down the field, and uh, Cheeto and Xavier Woods were like right there with him. Like it wasn't like he was pulling away, especially he wasn't pulling away from Cheeto. We did the list of top ten receivers. Let the players vote for it, and Thompson was like you know four or five on the list. Cheeto's like seven. You know, That's I mean. Cheeto can run too. What's crazy to me is like if I had to, if, you know, if I was doing a 53 projection right now, I might not even put Deontay on the team. That's no disrespect yeah. to him, but it's just that's what's going on out here. Which yeah. really fascinating battle well, right does, there. He does work with the ones. They all do. I mean that. I mean uh, Lance Lenore works with the ones. Everybody except for Terrence Williams, who's just working back into practice. He, but, but he is he, with team. The, he the second team. got walkthrough reps with the ones yesterday. Okay. I don't know if he did in full speed. He did not in team. He's going – I bet you he's going to be up there before we leave camp. But it's a, a fun subplot right there is Lance Lenore and Deontay are probably the two, you know, the bubble guys, I guess, you or the, the main contenders to get that spot. Deontay Thompson is Sanjay Lal's guy from his days in Buffalo, and Lance Lenore is clearly Dak Prescott's guy. Yeah. So fun little – Fun little politics game right there. Right, well, so they've got eight million dollars just sitting there that they haven't used for anything uh, because you know the Dez situation. So money and and cutting a guy that you know to save a little dollars here and there is not really an issue right now. No. Unless well, you went and got a safety out there that makes about eight. <laughs> Talk me through this whole uh, Which would the, the make it the wide receiver depth chart. Uh, you've got uh, some guys that we think are pretty pretty much locks to be here: Tavon Austin, Alan Hearns. Cole Beasley, um, Michael Gallup. I would assume you would include Terrence Williams on that, but that's what yeah. Nick kind of was intimating there no, is no, that no. there's nothing that forces them to make that decision if they don't choose to. But right uh, now I think we all would agree he's probably on this I, team. I, yeah, I wasn't talking about I was talking about the, like, Thompson versus Lance gotcha, Lenore, okay. not, not the guaranteed money. So if we, assume, if we assume that those five are on the team, you're looking at one, maybe two more spots for Noah Brown, for Deontay Thompson, for Lance Which, Lenore. Noah Brown hasn't been out here practicing, but he's a guy that in the past year uh, they've they've used him quite. He's gotten a lot of playing time, maybe not a lot of catches, but he's out there quite a bit. So talk me through where you think that lines up as far as the guys that are sitting there on the bubble that could possibly make this team well, or not. It's I mean I'm I'm a self-described Noah Brown stan, uh, but it's it's not helping him that he can't practice. But the thing that I think does help him is that he's just unique in the sense that he's the only guy out here that's got his body type. I mean, he's got that. I don't think he's got the same freakish athleticism as Dez, or else he would have been a first-round pick. But, uh, but he, I mean, he's 6'2", 230. He, he was doing enough to have you confuse him for Dez. At yeah. least last year, you know, I when you looked at, at the – I'm like, who is – is that Dez? Oh, He can no block. Brand. He can high-point the ball. He can box defenders out. He, I mean, and you, you said it, like – 
it all, half of these guys are like a different iteration of the same thing, you know, and Noah's not like that at all. Um, so I think that helps him when he can get back practicing. The other thing is that it would be it would be unprecedented but not surprising if they kept seven receivers just because it's so close. And so we that'll be interesting. And, and you know, we can sit here all day and, and, and watch the guys that are doing things out here, but I, I promise you if we get to San Francisco and – Mikel McKay has three catches for 51 yards, including a 23-yard touchdown. We're going to be coming back the next day talking about, you know, you got to put McKay in that group. Now, I mean, that's just what happens. they got four preseason games, really, you know, the first three where, where things are going to be moving and shaking, and, and you know, somebody's going to separate themselves, good or bad, based off of these games. So, yeah, I mean, we're not even talking about Marchie Murdoch or KD Cannon or somebody, but do something in the game. We were – we were loving on Lance Lenore almost as much this last year as we are this year. And I know he caught a touchdown in the Indy game, but he was bad in the preseason games last oh, year. Because he couldn't field a punt. He couldn't. Uh, he's well, not a punt returner. He's not. But, you know, you only get so many opportunities to make an impression in a preseason game. So and He got a lot of impression. I mean, he, I mean no, he, yes, he got a big stage. And. He didn't do as much with it as you would prefer, so I'm interested to see how he handles his second go-around. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the wide receivers from the standpoint of the quarterbacks. Nick, I thought yesterday you and I were out on the field, and you made a really interesting point about uh, we were talking from the standpoint of That's rare. The, su- <laughs> the success of this wide receiver core obviously starts with the success of the quarterback. But, Nick, you made a point about the, the relatively inexper- the relative inexperience of not only the quarterback but also the quarterback coach uh, that could affect all of that. You've lost a lot of years in that room. Just go, to, just go around to every team in the league and just look at the amount of years and experience that are in that quarterback room. You know, when you think about it, you've got – you start from the bottom, you've got guys that haven't ever played, obviously. you got Mike White. you got was a Dalton, Dalton Sturm. Sturm. You've got um, – then they got a guy that's played like four snaps in a regular season in Co- Cooper Rush. You get Dak Prescott, who's played two years. Now, he's played a lot as a rookie, but he's played two years. And then they're being coached by a guy that's played four years, and he's just as pretty much just as old as the other guys. There's no Wade Wilson in his 20 years of experience plus 13, or 17 years of, of uh, coaching experience. I mean, the old quarterback in the, in the whole place is Jason Garrett, and he's not spending a lot of time in there. So you got – I'm not saying you got the blind leading the blind, but you got the young leading the, the the younger, and you know it's just one of those things where there's not a lot of experience to go around here, so they're kind of helping each other. I think that that kind of plays a factor into, into some things. I will say, and a cool thing about the All or Nothing TV show is we got to see this with our own eyes. Scott Linehan spends as much time in that room as as Kellen Moore does, and. I can hear people at home scoffing like, oh, that's what we need because I know he's not the most popular guy in the world. But he's still a very veteran NFL coach who played quarterback. So, uh, you know, you got that going for you. But, yeah, it is. I mean, it's remarkable how few NFL snaps there are in that room between five different guys. So let's look at this overall unit. And uh, real quick, I also had a poll out there for you guys. Uh, I asked the question, do you think this wide receiver group is good enough to force defenses to not crowd the line of scrimmage. Interestingly enough, fans were on the side of saying yes. They are at 67% say yes, 33% say no. Um, but I'll move on from that, and I want to get a question, this question from you guys. Looking at what we've talked about in these, this whole group, 
Um, and I know Nick has already said he, he's having a hard time figuring out who that would be. But if I had to nail you down, each one of you had to give one person that you think will ultimately emerge as the leader of this wide receiver group on the field from the standpoint of production, who do you think that is and why? From the wide receiver position. Okay, not, not just overall. Um, Beasley. I think Beasley would be the leader in catches. He's the one guy that I think I think he, you know, just like Noah Brown's the one guy that does a certain thing with blocking, I think he's the one guy that really has been a proven underneath route runner that can that can make some plays. He didn't do it a lot last year, but he you know, I think he's done that more than Tavon, so I would say Beasley would be that guy. He's he's been looking great out here for most of the camp, but one of the things that concerns me again is okay, are the defense going to just take him out like the year before we we saw how influential Cole Beasley was and how helpful and then last year he just disappeared and now we know that defense can do that and it will they do that again I don't know so it's just uh, I don't know that's a tough question I believe in Alan Hearns he can play in the slot he can play the x probably play the z if he wanted him to uh yeah, I just I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do some good work this year, and that, I think Beasley is gonna bounce back. But I just uh, yeah, Hearns. Hearns. I think the I think the X factor will be Tavon Austin. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think he's the one that has the most round skills, can do a, f- a lot of different things to contribute to this team. And I think when it's all said and done, when you look at what he contributes, if you look at all of the production that you'll get from the different receivers. I think his production will be greater just because he will have a lot of different ways that he can provide it. I think he'll be a guy that has a good impact and not his impact will be better than his stats. Uh, he he won't be a guy that's going to get a lot of you know big plays down the field or, or you know he might have a reverse or two here. But I, if he can get a 14 yard reverse and then he's swinging uh, around and he fakes it and Zeke goes up the middle for a 35 yard touchdown. Tavon didn't even get the ball, but his 14-yard reverse a quarter ago actually helps. And I think that's the kind of impact. You're right about that, but maybe not from a stat standpoint. And his height and how fast he is, I mean – that makes you lose him. Like I sometimes watching him out here, I'm like, oh, where did he come from? And <laughs> and now lose him. Oh, he has the ball. So he, I think that could be really really helpful. Just kind of tricking people with their eyes. He had a punt return. I know that in practice, no one's <laughs> hitting. You talking about the one that I he know housed? what you're talking about. Yes, I mean, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, there, I, there wasn't. Th- this wasn't one of those. Well, you didn't get tackled. Like they didn't touch him. They yeah. weren't around him. Like yeah. and it might have been part of that with can't find him for a second and then all yeah. of a sudden you lose him yeah. if you saw his viral high school highlights tape it went viral on twitter last week it looked just like that like he even like he did the start stop stutter step against nfl defenders like that's you shouldn't be able to do that you shouldn't be fast enough that that works but it yeah. did yeah it totally um, did all right we're gonna go take our final break uh, when we come back we're gonna take some questions call us the number is 972 972- Four nine seven forty four hundred. Again, it is nine seven two four nine seven forty four hundred. You can also uh, check out our app where uh, we change the question now to who will emerge as the leader of the wide receivers. Make sure you tap in there. We want to know what you guys have to think about that. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. 
better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. Cowboys are... Uh, coming out right now for their morning walkthrough. That is not open to the public, so don't make your way out here right now. Just hold off until about 3.45 p.m. Pacific time. That's when the practice is open to the public. And remember, again, this Sunday there will be a blue-white scrimmage here um, in Oxnard, so if you have an opportunity to get out for that, make sure you do. We're going to take phone calls. Numbers 972-497-4400. Again, it is 972-497-4400. Uh, and we'll take your calls that way. We got a call from Russell and Temple. Russell, what up? How's it going, guys? Good. How are um, you? We're doing outstanding. Um, first of all, thank y'all for all the work that y'all do on the uh, on the site. Y'all really keep us informed, and we would definitely appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Um, my, I have two things. Um, one is, why don't the Cowboys do more um, involving analytics? Y'all were kind of getting into it uh, a little bit the other day with the coin tosses after the half and stuff like, you know, the, cho the choice that they make uh, at the beginning of the game to take the ball in the first half or the second half. But I look at a team like Philadelphia, and it just makes me want to throw up to have to say this. But, you know, last year they uh, they really kind of em embraced that, that whole idea of going forward on fourth and what would be considered to be a little bit longer than a normal fourth down risk. And it added 98 points to their total for the year where they would have finished in the bottom five in scoring. They finished in the top five in scoring um, using Zeke more out of the backfield uh, as far as receiving um, getting rid of the whole mantra of let's establish the run in the first half. And, you know, that, that whole 1965 um, mentality as far as, you know, all that goes. Um, and I mean, I know, you know, Will McClay, I think has done an excellent job of, you know, bringing in good talent, especially in the draft. Um, and even finding, you know, gyms, you know, undrafted and, you know, guys off the off the street. Um, but I just think Jason Garrett, I think they I think they they have dropped the ball there by sticking with Garrett too long. 
And this offseason, when they, when they replaced a lot of the coaches, they were position coaches. I think they needed to start at the top with the, with the coordinators um, and you know, kind of change that whole mentality. Because if you look at the Eagles last year with Peterson, they had you know, Frank Reich was brought in, and they, they really uh, embraced that. And then Peterson um, kept that team afloat when they, whenever the injuries happened last year. Last year, when we got injuries, the whole team fell apart. Whereas Philadelphia was gaining confidence, even though they lost their left tackle, they lost their running back, they lost their their, their linebacker, all that kind of stuff. And my second uh, comment what oh. is for something that Nick's been calling for for years, which is speed. And we finally got it with Tavon Austin. My question is, do you have any confidence, or have you seen anything in practice that gives you any confidence that they're going to actually throw him deep, like uh, Deshaun Jackson would have done from that with that same stature? Um, or is it just going to be fly sweep, lucky whitehead stuff that we've seen in the past? Thank you again for what y'all do right. on the website. Appreciate it. Thank you. Am. That's a lot. I mean, that's that's every issue that faced the Cowboys in the off season, pretty much. Right. Where do we want to unpack that? Yeah, let's start that. with the first part. There's one thing that I think that he, fans are forgetting, or he's forgetting, is that you you play to the strength of your team and your. The, the Eagles' strength of their football team is their defense. And so you you want to put that on first. This Cowboys feel like the strength of their team is their offense and their offensive line, so that's what they want to establish first. The, the, the Eagles, they, they want to establish their, their defense first. And you want to go for it on fourth down? Well, guess what? If you don't make it, you trust your defense. Cowboys don't trust their defense as much as the Eagles trust theirs. So that that's, that's part of it there. I'm, and I don't know about comparing all this Dallas-Philly coaches and – and I know that they do, you know, all the analytics. They, they they do more of that than they probably need to. I mean, but I I I just I just feel like it, you have to play to the strengths of your team. I don't know. I agree with you to a point. I mean, Philly's just loaded all the way around. They have a better defense than Dallas. They also have an MVP candidate quarterback, a really nice running back, and some one of the best tight ends. In well, the so game. do the Cowboys, and one of the best offensive lines. I mean, the Cowboys also have an MVP candidate quarterback. I mean, Carson Wentz would have won MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt. I believe that. I believe that deep down. Um, anyway, I I agree with you to a point. Honestly, yes, I think the Cowboys could stand and do a lot more of that stuff, and and they have gotten better. I mean, honestly, you can go look. Jason Garrett's gotten better about being aggressive in the time that he's been the head coach, probably because he now has one of the best offensive lines in the game. He's shown a willingness to go for it on fourth down and fake punts and things like that. It still could be better, but – Here's here's just the bottom line is that he is an old he is a guy who favors old school style yep. stuff. Uh, he he doesn't you know if it ain't broke don't fix it. Um, and and the the worst thing I mean from a fan's perspective it's not going to change because Jason Garrett saw a lot of success firsthand playing that way. He was part of those '90s Cowboy teams that we talk about so much, and I don't think that's changing unless there's a change of coach. So I'm sorry. Um, again, I mean, you know, we can do the coordinator thing, but it's it's August now, and that's not changing until at least we start playing some football games. I will say, I mean, you know, between Chris Richard and Sanjay Lal specifically, I've seen enough out here to to give me reason to believe that things might be different just by changing those position coaches. In all honesty, I mean, we I just spent five minutes raving about what Richard brought to this team, the energy that he brings, and the concepts that he brings. They're, I mean, I know Rod Marinelli's the defensive coordinator. Chris Richard's bringing some concepts to this thing that's going to change things up. I firmly believe that. So, 
I don't think that's necessarily completely accurate. But even if it is, like I said, it, we're into training camp now. Like, that's a conversation for February. It's not changing how, regardless of how you feel about it. So I don't know what to do with that. What was – Tavon, he'll be fine. They'll, they'll figure it out. I'll believe – I'll believe they send him like he's Deshaun Jackson when I see it, but I don't think he needs to be. Again, to go back to right. the top of the show, that's not going to be the strength of this team, nor do I think it should be. But I think they can find ways to use his speed and other guys' speed to their advantage without playing him like Deshaun Jackson. All right, let's get a phone call from Chris in Orlando. Chris, what up? Hey, guys, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, I've been watching you guys ever since you were doing shows in that room closet uh, <laughs> years ago. You guys do a fantastic job. Thank um, you. My question is, Nick, um, when that whole Dez drama was going on, I remember you made a comment that I totally agreed with. You said, um, I believe you said, that uh, you were fine with letting go of Dez if we did something with the money that we were going to save. Now, right. uh, that safety out west, besides him, how do you feel – or what's your take on what we've done uh, with just holding on to that money? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, thanks. Um, I think it's incomplete because they haven't done anything. And and I, and I we're sitting here talking about not having a number one receiver. And I, and, and I don't know exactly where Dez would, would fall into that. I think he would help him, though. I, I mean, I think he would be better. The, the receiving core would be better, in my opinion, without him. Now, would the room be better? Would the team be better? I, I I don't know about that, but but I yeah I mean that that money's sitting there, and I still think they need to to go spend it, and it would, whether it's be that safety or another, they need to go get a, another player in here. I Cl- think clarify this for me. I think they can carry over some, if not all, of that money from on the that they save on the salary cap to future years. Is that not accurate, you or is can, that accurate? You can roll over. I don't know the specifics of it. I don't know if you roll it all over or if there's like a percentage, but yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like cell phone minutes. Like you get cool. that money in the future. Cool. Right. Jason Garrett is loves that. <laughs> no, I cool. and I no, get that. I, no, over. the point yeah. no, the point the point I'm making though is um when you say it's incomplete, it could be incomplete now for another year. Like they could come back and be able to sign somebody really great in free agency next <sighs> okay. year that that is because they had that money and they saved that money to I be know. able to do it is the only point I'm making. Uh, yeah, right, and, and you're right about that. And but I, even that without that money, like, they're still going to have a boatload of cap space next year. Like, they're set up to have some space. And maybe like, that's a good thing. Maybe their, their anticipation is, which, hey, we want to see what these young guys can do this year, particularly in the secondary. After we get beyond that, we will have the money to go out and get whoever the heck we want to go out and get. I, I, you know, the, the caller bringing up the fact, I remember Nick saying that, and I remember saying in the spring that I would be surprised if they came to camp without adding another safety, and they didn't. So I'm wrong, but I'm with, I'm, I'm, I really, I'm baffled. I, to I really think that, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been a lot of smoke. I think this is going to happen. I just do. <laughs> I, I, it's going to. Even if it, you're not good for me because I want it to happen, but I, but I, I'm starting more and more to think it's not. But you keep it's going it on to the point where I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen. I've had nobody <laughs> in that organization tell me otherwise. I just think it's going to happen. I'm, I'm borderline positive it's going to happen. Jeez. I'm serious. I just think it is. It, it just. It is. is that because it's because well, are, to go along with Derek? Year or that, next is year? that because you want it to happen? No, I, I, I just think 
What have they done with that money? Nothing. Who is who is emerging at safety? Nothing. What is Xavier Woods really doing? Nothing. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I think he's looked good out here. In my opinion. Cool. But cool. He's looked. He's looked good. We need more good players out here. But but no, he's not. He's not to the point where you're like, nah, we're, we're fine. We don't need a five-time Pro Bowler. What is not they, saying that? What? Okay, I am. I'm okay. just saying. What What is Earl Thomas doing right now? Nothing. nothing. The answer is nothing. Nothing. What are they going to get for him next year? Nothing. Where does he want to be? He wants to be right here. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. But sorry, what, what, what will it cost them next year? Just the cost of the contract. They don't have to worry about whatever they got to give up in, in draft picks. They don't have to give up a second-round pick if they wait until next year. If that's my whole point. Give I think me they a look at it. that's the best safety you've had since Darren freaking Woodson, then you know what? Do it. Yes, you're preaching to the choir, Nick. But what Let's I'm saying go. is I don't, know if, they, I don't know if they believe that. <laughs> I don't know if they believe that. I don't think that they necessarily buy into the idea that, hey, we got to do this right now. I think they look you know at what? it as we don't necessarily have to do it right now, at least I'm where doing they an are right now. I'm interview with Stephen Jones today. I'm going to ask him. him. Just I'm ask him straight out. What you know what he's gonna say? Freak. I can't talk about that. I'm not asking him when the cam three, two, one. So what's up with Earl Thomas? I'm gonna be like, <laughs> thank you for joining us for a special edition. We'll see you next week, Stephen. What the heck's Can going we on? Get Earl Thomas. What's going on? What's going on with that? <laughs> and he's gonna be like, I can't talk about that. Right. Like, that's oh, exactly right. right. <laughs> that's exactly the camera right. is always on. Hey, I, if anyone knows about that this week, he's not getting burned by yeah, that. Good no point. doubt. No doubt. I've, I'll Serious. set my sights so much lower than y'all. Like, uh, yes, let's bring in a Texas safety who can add to this team. It doesn't have to be Earl Thomas. Like Stanley wh- Richard. Why can't Kenny Vaccaro <laughs> be on this team? Like. No, I, because I, because I think I think definitely he doesn't fit their play style. No, no, no. Honestly, I I think for a guy that's not the only reason I would advocate going out and doing what you got to do to get Earl Thomas is because I think he makes you appreciably better. I'm not certain, and again, he could. Doesn't I'm not make certain, you worse. But I'm not certain that that Kenny Vaccaro necessarily makes you better. And if he's here, does he then take away? We were talking about this yesterday when you start talking about guys that are taking away time from other guys. It's one thing when Earl Thomas is taking away from the development of Xavier. Or That's Xavier. Hey, don't, it, don't start him then. He d- I don't even care if he's a starter. Just, like you have, you have one experience safety. One. You need two. And preferably you want three or four. But won't there be time to do that? Once you get to the end of training camp, there will be time sure. to go and sign a guy. If hey, you look at this and you Kenny, say, "Hey, we you've need been more unemployed guys, since March. Get in here." They're, they're not good coming in there late like that. I'm, I'm, and, and it's all, it's already kind of late. I'm not trying to say he'll be like this crazy difference maker, but like that, I just, again, I, I this is this does not fit the Cowboys' mo of like how you know getting a backup plan. You know, Cam Fleming comes to mind. Leighton yeah. Vander Esch. And then at safety, they're just like, no, we're good, man. We got is, is that also – let me ask you this. But does that maybe tie into what Nick's saying, that maybe, maybe. the reason they haven't gone out maybe. and gotten a Vaccaro is because they're like, we're going to play this thing by ear, and we think at some point here in training camp we're going to get an opportunity to get Earl Thomas. You know what? If it happens, I'll spend an hour just, like, bowing down to the <laughs> genius of the Cowboys front <laughs> office. I will. I will. Because <laughs> – because like they'll if it happens and they it, happen. it, it happens the right way then they'll have played it the way they wanted to from when the beginning we, and when are we gonna blah, go blah, 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 blah. To, seriously and this is kind of off topic for yeah. a second when are we gonna go eat somewhere like like a big group I mean, oh that's uh, a good point uh, Friday night or something Nick is no probably Sunday night well we'll that's when it's gonna happen that's what I Nick's mean Monday night Monday night. That's when it's going to get us all together good point be like good how's point. your steak oh this looks good you know like. So there's like no, there's everybody's phones on. And I just go, Schefter's saying we traded for Earl Thomas. 
And that's and then I just bury my face in my plate. How's your food look? Can we get the check, please? We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> Which that is would okay. Be right. it Monday be the, would, that Monday would be, a, be the right time. That's for like that the to fifth time. I don't that's think happened. I don't think anybody would be like it's no. upsetting when like when we're all at dinner and Randy Gregory gets suspended. That's upsetting, but I don't think anybody would be too mad about no. that. No, I don't think anybody would be too upset. No, not at all. That'd be fun. Let's wrap up this wide receiver conversation with this one big question that I ask when we open training camp. Do you guys think at this point, based upon what you've seen, this team misses Des Bryant? I thought we did this the other day. We did. Now we're wrapping up the wide receiver conversation. What you've seen so far, do you think this team misses Des Bryant? Yeah. Nothing has changed on your opinion as far as what you've seen now to last week. I mean, because we asked the question, who's the best wide receiver in the group, and we kind of have different answers, I I don't think we would have a different answer if it was Des. You you kind of disagree. You think Hearns is better than Dez. I think he's as good as Dez. Mm. Where Dez is, where Dez was last year, for what Dez produced on the field, I think Hearns could give you that. How many touchdowns did Dez have in his career? Like seventy-five. That's not what I said, Dave. Listen to what I said. I said what he did last year, the production he had last year. I think Alan Hearns can give you that production. Okay, or more. That makes sense. That's different than what you're saying. Eight hundred yards and six touchdowns. I think Alan Hearns can give you that. Okay. I, I think so too. For the record, yeah. I said. But so he, you're just being he, argumentative, just to be argumentative. But, right? No, no. I don't no. have a good answer because no. if, if Alan Hearns, <laughs> in the first game of the season, the Cowboys lose to Carolina, and Alan Hearns has three catches for 27 yards, and he's targeted five times, um, I think he's going to tell you that you know we got to get back next week. I don't know who they play. But that's Des like from last year, right? Hold on. Okay, sir. That's I think he's going to be like you know what yeah I want to be more involved but but you know we'll we'll, we'll get there and, and we'll do some things I got to do better blah blah blah. If Des had three catches, first of all he wouldn't have five targets he had eleven, and three catches for twenty seven yards, we're gonna have a problem because then it's gonna go to Dak it's gonna go to Des and that's the issue and that's why probably he's not here. So that's if the production's about the same, but the reaction is way different. Why he's not here? Here, yeah, here's where I stand. I think it could be really good for the psyche of the quarterback, the offense, and the receiver room and the team not to have that lingering there. But it's just hard for me to say that they're going to be better without one of the best ever receivers in franchise history. Like, I just, without having played a game, I feel weird saying that because it sounds like Homer talk. But 32 teams right now are thinking that they are better without him. You're right. They are. But it, I still, like, I just can't go all the way there. I know, I'm with just, you. I'm just like. He was one of the best to ever do it for this team for a while, and I just can't just confidently say like, yeah, they're not going to miss him. You That's, feel the I'm same way about De- I mean about uh, Jason Wood? To a de- yeah, absolutely. So I that mean, that would be the reason why you probably look at this offense. And you're like, I just don't know how it's going to turn out. That's it's it's what makes it's it just so too fun. much unknown. It's yeah. what makes it so fun. Like they could be totally right and everything's gravy, or it could be a total train wreck, and we're circling tight ends and receivers in the draft next year. I just don't like, think well, it'll be a train wreck. They got to get this guy. I mean, they. I don't think they. I think there's a possibility that they're a very, very, very average team. I just don't think it can get to the point where it'll be a train wreck because well, I think this offensive no. line, the run game, is too good. But. I would argue you, th- it could be a train wreck and the team still be average because of the running game and the defense is better and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Rob Phillips coming through with some text message with the news right now. What's that? Uh, Randy Gregory is no longer on NFI. Hey. There we go. Uh, 
means. So he's going to be out there today. Randy. Well, I guess the, he needs to be off NFI to do walk Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Well, as far as Dave's concerned from yesterday, we think he's going to be uh, ready to go by the time we get to the season. Maybe I think you're there, got it. Hey, there, your I, third down guy. I was wondering which defensive tackle. I knew that there was a workout yesterday. I thought the receiver, which they actually signed. I uh, thought there was another guy, which obviously was a defensive tackle because he was running, doing some stuff over here. Um, turns out that was Randy Gregory. Guy looks a lot bigger than I thought he did as yeah. far as like, upper body. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's good. That is a good thing. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. Amber will be hosting tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. Tomorrow morning it will be at 10 a.m. Oh. Pacific time. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!